Today's daf is daf nun vav. We are holding the Mishnah in the middle of nun hey amud beis. So this Mishnah is dealing with the concept of a, of the sekrikin. Sekrikin were people that were referred to as violent individuals. Rashi says that it's an atrikin. It's a contraction of two words. Sakarka. Rahman al-Salam, in a, there was a time period when Jewish blood was cheap and Jews would do anything to be able to save themselves and their families and even their possessions that they had, the land that they had, they would say to these uh, violent of the Kachovim, Sakarka, take my land, giving away their land, just leave my family, leave myself, leave me alone. So we're going to see there were special enactments, again this book is of Tikkun Olam, that were put into place concerning this situation and the land and the properties that were given under these conditions. So the Mishnah is going to seem somewhat enigmatic and we'll have to wait for tomorrow to explain it. But Zagdai the Mishnah, Lahaya Sikrikin bi Yehuda the Harugema that during the time of the the Milchama of Titus Rashi says the the war of Titus during the second base Amigdish from Basam Spawn that it seems to be saying there were no Sikrikun. So the Sikrikun uh, they, they they were not there. Only after the war, post Churban Bayas Sheni, at that point, Yeish Basikrikun, that in the land, in the land of Yehuda, is where the Beis was, that is when the, then there was Sikrikun. The one is going to say that Ipkamastavra, that during the war, that's when it seemed to be Jewish blood was the cheapest. So what do you mean there was no Sikrikun during the Churban Bayas Sheni, only after? Should be the other way around. But anyway. Let's, let's continue, we'll get real circle back to that. So, Ketzad. So, what exactly is the law of Sukrikun? So, uh, Sukrikun, let's say that the case was Sukrikun had property, let's use names over here. Ruvain, to defend himself and his family, gave away all his property to the Sukrikun. Shimon comes along, and he sees Sukrikun is selling the property. We're going to see, usually they sold it uh, 75 cents to the dollar uh, with a 25% discount. They were just trying to unload it. It's, it's, it's free money to the Sukrikun. So the second Jew, Shimon, comes along, finds his properties being sold. And the deliberate investigation, he finds out that this actually was land that was owned by, uh, by Ruvain. So the halacha is, so that even though... Lakach misukrikun that he purchased it from the sukrikun because of a lakach mivalabais and he went and he purchased it from the original owner. Shimon went back to Ruvain and he pays Ruvain for that property. The law of the sukrikun is mekach bottle. The halacha is that the sale is been nullified and the property has to go back to Shimon has to turn over that property. Back to Ruvay. Now Raji says two svaras over here. Raji says like this. Raji says the fact that Ruvain agrees to sell to Shimon after Shimon has purchased it from the Sagrikun, why isn't that considered to be a valid sale? She says either because it could be Ruvain is still afraid of the Sagrikun. So if Ruvain says, no, that's my land and I'm not going to sell it to you, he's afraid the Sagrikun might come back and uh, harm him and his family because it's affecting negatively the Sukrikun now because then it nullifies 
the sale that the Sukriker made to Shimon as well, if Reuven is the original owner. So it could be that Reuven is still afraid to, uh, of the Sukriker, and therefore his agreement to sell it after the sale of the Sukriker, therefore it's, it's null and void. The second reason that Rashi says, also a very interesting reason, that Reuven obviously gave it to the Sukriker, not expecting to get it back, because he was afraid his life is on the show. But maybe he's agreeing that, that, to, to allow Shimon to take possession of it, because he knows that there's no way he could get it back from the Sifrikun, but maybe he could challenge the ownership of the land when it's already in another Jew's hand, and the hand of... So therefore, the fact that Reuven did agree to sell it to Shimon after Shimon bought it from the Sifrikun is voided... That's the law of Sukrikun. That is the law of Sukrikun, that you now can get it back from Shimon. He has to give it back to Ruvain and no compensation whatsoever. And I guess the logic behind this is also, is that if these uh, Gentiles, these violent Gentiles know that when they uh, seize Jewish land, no one is going to be willing to buy it from them. Because who wants to go and buy the land from them knowing that the original owner is going to take it back, then maybe they'll think twice Maybe seizing it to begin with because it's going to be very hard to unload. That could be the original logic of it as well. But let's keep going. Now, however, what happens if it's the other way around? Let's say that what happened was Ruvain, uh land was seized by the Sukrikun. Shimon wants to purchase that land. However, Shimon first goes to Ruvain. And said, listen, I know that this guy is a violent guy, and I know he took your land. Do you agree to sell it to me, and then let me handle with him? He might sell it to me, he might not sell it to me, I don't know. But I first want to make sure it's good by you, before I'm going to go back to him. So it says like this, so let's see, Then it's Mechokayim. Now this case, it's, it's better. Because since there was no pressure on Ruvain to sell it to Shimon because it wasn't first sold to Shimon from the Sukrikun. So therefore, the, the two reasons that Rashi gave, either Ruvain's going along to sell to Shimon because he's afraid the Sukrikun's going to come back. That's not an issue yet because the Sukrikun hasn't even sold it to Shimon, right? Who said he's even going to sell it to Shimon? We don't even know that Shimon's going to be able to buy it from So in such a case, that's considered to be a valid sale. Therefore, if Shimon goes back and buys it from the Sukrikun, he's allowed to hold on to that property and he doesn't have to now turn it over to Reuben. And both reasons of Rashi's uh, don't apply here. Number one is that there's pressure from the Sikrikun on Reuben. There's no pressure here because the Sikrikun hasn't sold it to Shimon. So there's no reason that Reuben should be healed. And the second reason was that he's saying, well, I'd rather deal with Shimon than deal with the Sikrikun. There's no way for you to know that the Sikrikun would even sell it to Shimon. So to say that the Svara over here, I'd rather deal with Shimon than deal with Shimon, is not, it's not considered to be a valid Svara. Okay. Quick question. If the secret has already taken it from the original owner, right? That's the second case and the same as the first case. He seized it already. Yes. How can the original owner sell it to Shimon if he really doesn't possess it anymore? Well, he doesn't possess it, but he still owns it. Again, it, it technically he still owns it. It's still his land. It was taken illegally from him. Yeah. And if Shimon paid both the Sikrikun 
Yeah, yeah. Obviously, we're gonna, he's gonna pay a discounted rate. He's not gonna pay the same rate double. You're gonna see the Sakrikun just unloads the stuff at a discounted rate. But he's worth, he wants the property enough, he's willing to pay, to make, make Ruven feel good, and then he'll take care of it from the, from Shimon. That, in that order, it's okay. Now, we're gonna see a similar halacha applies as follows. When a man marries a woman, so sometimes there's land, that uh, is hers written into the ksuva, right? Or sometimes a piece of property is put aside that this is going to be for your ksuva, all right? Now, let's say a third party comes and he likes that property, all right? Now he knows that he can't really get that property unless he handles with both parties. He's got to handle with the woman that technically it is hers, Right? Uh, it, or it could be hers in terms of her collecting it. Let's go with the case that she's, she could collect it for her ksuva. Or, uh, and it has also a handle with the man because right now it is under the authority, it's actually ownership right now of the man. We're going to go with the case of it's a man's and, and it's going to be used for the ksuva. So, lakach minaish. Let's say he first goes to the husband and he uh, comes up with an arrangement, yeah, whatever the financial deal, the deal is, and the husband agrees to sell it to him. Now, obviously, the husband knows, I can't sell it to you outright unless, what? The wife, who has a lien on the land, she's willing to release the lien. So, he goes to the man first, and then he goes to the woman, and he also pays her to release the property to him. Mecha bottle. It's very similar to the case of the Sikrikun. Why is it Mecha bottle? So Raji brings down, because the woman really is only going along with selling it to this person because she knows that if she says, no, I refuse to sell it to you, the husband is not going to live. He's going to be very upset at her that you're now, because then the man's going to come back to the husband and say, no, I've got to the, the nullify the sale because I can't buy it from you if she's not willing to really. So she feels the pressure from the husband and she goes on. And, the, and Raji also says a swara. The fact is that why isn't she willing to release the land? Oh, must be that you really, you're thinking, are you going to get, we're going to get divorced in the near future or you think I'm going to die in the near future and therefore you want to make sure that that property is here so you can collect from your ksuva. Therefore, that woman feels the pressure and therefore she will release it. But it's not considered a valid transaction and the mekkah will be bottled. However, if it's the other way around, mina isha, let's say the woman first, this, this the third party goes to the woman first and said, listen, I would like you to release your lien on this property and I'll pay you for it. Alright? And then he goes to the husband. Now in this case, you can't say this for her. She feels pressure because the husband's going to be upset at her. Because in this case, the husband wasn't the first person that it was transacted with. She's the first person who was transacted. You can't say that as the excuse in this case. So therefore, the sale will be a sale and that property then will go over to the third party completely without any liens being remaining on the property. Now, Zumishnari Shona, the law of the Sukrikun that we had, that basically is if you purchase from the Sukrikun and then go to the original owner and purchase from him, at the end of the day, that Mecca is bottled and you have to turn it over to the first owner. That was the first uh, uh, original Takana that was established. That was the first version, the Mishnah, the original Mishnah, that was the original Takana that was in place. 
However, based in Shacharei and Amru, the later based in came along and said that we have to modify this. For the betterment of society, we have to tweak this Takana. What did they say? That if a person purchases from the Sukrikun, so now when he purchases from the Sukrikun, the Chachamim evaluated, how much are you getting this land cheaper than it's really what it's worth? Right? And then he sends 75 cents to the dollar. It means he usually gives a 25% discount. So therefore, you saved yourself on what the true value is, is 25%. So therefore, what the Chachamim established before we said that if you go now and you pay to the, and you pay the original owner, it's Mekach bottle. Right? We said it's Mekach bottle. But now they said no. The new, the new Takana was, as long as you give the original owner 25%, uh, means that basically the, what you, so you're not making, you're not getting a deal over here because the bottom line is that you're going to end up paying what the true value of the land is because 75% of it you pay to the Sakrikun, the balance of it you're paying to the original owner, and if the original owner agrees to release his claim on the land, that will be now Mekah Kayim, that will be, and we'll see why they made such a Takana. Nosen Labayim, uh, Ravi, right, uh, and, and, and then it's considered to be a, <coughs> a valid sale. Now, <coughs> the Gemara says like this, Amosai, when is this true? He says, this is only true, is that if the original owner does not have the funds sufficient to buy back the lands himself, then this Takana is in place. But if the original owner had the amount of, had the money, and would really want to be able to buy back from the Sukrikun the full land. amount of land. So the first right of refusal goes to that owner, and then so you have to you have to make clear that he doesn't want to get that land back. If he has the money to pay that seventy-five percent or whatever it is, so you cannot get in the way of that. You have to. That was the original takona they did. So But if the original owner has the ability, they have the first right to buy back in the Sukrikun before anybody else can. So basically, the second ruling, the later Takana, the Tikkun Olam, was a, 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 a different than the first one. The first one was that if anybody purchases from a Sukrikun, even if he's willing to pay the original owner, it's Mecca bottle and you have to turn that land over to the original owner. Now, what the reason why they made the second Takana is because this is so much land in Eretz Yisrael. This law only applies in Eretz Yisrael. And we didn't want land in Eretz Yisrael to remain in the hands of and what ended up happening because of the first Takana, no one was willing to buy from the Sukrikun. That land then remains in the hands of the, of, of the Sukrikun, which we didn't want to happen. So therefore, the second Takana tweaked it. So therefore, what they did, they did allow is there's a way for the first the Rubain to get the land back. So if he can get it back and he has the money, let him go and get it back. But we want the land to get out of the hands of the Sukrikun. Therefore, we did allow the second person to buy from the Sukrikun. But he still has to at least compensate Ruvay, at least on what he was gaining from buying it from the Sukrikun. So therefore, and they would have to pay at least the 25%. We'll see, we're going to circle back to this. Let's keep going. a while back, Rabbi. We said it's about by payrolls and Sadeh, remember? I, I'm not sure what you're referring to. You'll okay. tell me later. So, when it says like this, now, um, 
Now, Rebbe Hoshiv based in the more it brings down that Rebbe, Rabbein Kadosh, who came even after the second Takona, right, we had original two stages of Takona, so he said, he said, Nimnu, that they, they decided, the basement of Rebbe decided, that even if Ruvain has the money, but if 12 months have gone by, at the hands of this, and this land has been in the hands of the Sukrikun, and he hasn't acted upon this within 12 months, then what? Uh, then anybody now takes from the Sukrikun, he has acquired it, from the Sukrikun, but the, still the second part of it that you have to go back and give the violin the 25% that you were discounted from buying from the Sukrikun, so therefore, so the only thing that Rebbe's basically tweaked was, is there is a statute of limitation to the second Takana? Second Takana is you have to let the original owner, if he has the money, be able to get it back, but it's not open ended. You got 12 months, that's what they came along and said, you got 12 months from when it was taken from him, from when it was seized from Ruvain, he's got 12 months to get it back. If he has the money, because sometimes you could have the money, but the Sukrikun is not willing. So back, if you've got 12 months to make it, to make it work. Or with it, so there, you can't wake up after 12 months and say, oh, I want, no. 12 months, get it back. You can't get it back, then we're going to allow the third party to go ahead and do it. Okay. Now, the first part of the Mishnah seems to be uh, enigmatic. Because it says that during the War of Titus, means that was the War of Destruction of the Beis Amigdash, Baisheni, there was no Sukrikun. That only was after the Churban Baisheni. And so that makes no sense. During the war, blood of the Jews was the cheapest that it was ever. They were mercilessly murdering millions of Jews at that time. How do you say there was no concept of Sukrikun during the time of the second Beis HaMikdash? Only after the war that destroyed the Beis HaMikdash did it apply. What does that mean? So you're going to tell me that at the time of the Jewish people being uh, uh, killed, during the time of the there was no Sukrikun. Only after from the time that they were being killed because of the Muhammad. Yeah, there would be Sukrikun. What it was shot? That doesn't make sense. So I'm you review to says like this. No, you're not. You're not. You're not understanding what the Tana of the Mishnah is saying. He's saying is like this. Let me explain this outside, and we'll see it inside. It means Avada. There was no time when Jewish blood was cheaper than when the Melchama of Titus. Their main. They were, as we're going to see, there was Takana that there was an enactment in place that if a non-Jew sees a Jew and doesn't kill him, it's a capital offense. Titus had established at that time. The Jewish blood was the cheapest that it ever was, but the thing is as follows. Now this, this is where, just let me, let me throw this in. There is a halacha, we're going to learn in the second Kedushin, is that if a person uh, is, is, is being pressured into making a sale, and he at the end of the day knows that if he does not make the sale, it could result in that his death or his demise Something really bad happening to him and his family. Tzuluya bezaven zvina zvina. That at the point of of the sale, when that goes on, a sale under duress, even though it's under duress, but at that point he really is considered to have, in his mind, agreed. I'm giving this over without any recompense, without any way of getting it back. Then and, and maybe it works like years, like Adam said. But we're not going to get now. That during the times of the second be- uh, of Amigdash, the destruction of the Beis Amigdash, at that point, the Jews were 
at, at such a level of yeush that they were so afraid that they and their families would, that even without getting money for it, if they could give sakarka, they could give it away to them just to save themselves, in their mind, it was considered to be a complete transaction without any recourse of getting it back. Which means, therefore, during that time, there was not that there were no Sukrikun. Of course there was Sukrikun. But there was no law of Sukrikun. Because the law of Sukrikun is based on the fact that if somebody buys it from the Sukrikun, you have a recourse of being able to get it back. But since it was so definitive that at that time people were giving it over without any sense of getting it back, they, they didn't even, there was no law of... of uh, once you gave it to Sukrikun, it's his 100%. And if somebody would buy it from the Sukrikun... That would person be over. Now, during the second, after the Churban Baisheni, the, the Matzav, the situation for Jews got a little better, and in fact it was like nor, normal law and order was established, and therefore there was a recourse for the Jew. It was actually usher for the non-Jews just to uh, uh, indiscriminately murder Jews. And therefore Jews knew that there was a recourse of getting it back, and therefore even if you gave it to the... So Greek, it's not considered to be complete. And so therefore, that's what it's saying. What Yehuda said is, that the law, the that was no Sukrikun. There was no law of Sukrikun during Churban Ba'ashayi. And only, that law was only in place after the Churban Ba'ash, after the Muhammad of Titus against the Jews. That, that, that's how to understand shot in the Mishnah. So the reality exists, but the transaction was a transaction. Because of because it. Because of that, that, that duress was so great, that means it was considered to be, uh, uh, even without money, it was considered to be a complete uh, transaction. So Moses is like this, I'm Rabbi Yehuda, it means that they did not apply, they did not judge the law of Sukrikun, like the Mishnah says, but the law of Sukrikun is did not apply. Because, uh, and Amar Rabbi Azi, and Rabbi Azi says, there were actually three decrees during the period of, during the war and after the war, that were in play concerning the life of Jews. And we'll understand, therefore, why Rabshat and Rabbi Yehuda is, why during the actual Churban bias, the law of Sukrikan could not be applied. What were the three decrees? The first decree was, that if a Jew... If a non-Jew comes encounters a Jew and does not execute him, then that non-Jew has violated a capital offense. Ad Kedekah, right? So they're right down. Obviously, therefore, if a Jew is giving his land away to a non-Jew just to save himself, that is the ultimate... Take it and just leave and I never want to see you again. I mean, that, that's for sure giving it up. That's, that's the first zera. But see also, the second degree... The middle decree was actually, it was got a little bit better, not much, but it is called the Kata Lehi Arba Zuzi. That anyone who kills a Jew, he has to pay for Zuz. Means the life of the Jew was so cheap, means you want to kill him, okay, but then you have to pay the government for Zuz. Alright? Again, it's still, the, the, the Jew himself did not feel very safe under such circumstance. And if the Chavim comes into his house and says, I want your land... That's completely, I'm not gay right now. The Basrais, the last of the decrees, was called the Katholik Is that Jewish blood was considered to be, that's a human being, and therefore if you execute a Jew, you can be executed, a non-Jew can be executed for killing a Jew. So therefore at that point, which was only after the Muhammad of Titus, only after Muhammad of the Baish Shaini, so therefore during the first two decrees, came in the Katholik, since, I, 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 the Kuchavim could kill Jews indiscriminately. So, 
Agav unse gavre Therefore, because of the duress, the threat that he would be killed, he was makne completely the ownership. He transferred completely the ownership, and it and therefore there is no recourse on that land. But Sraisa, but on the third step, yeah, it could be the guy could make things uncomfortable for him, but he knows at the end of the day he's not allowed to kill me, and therefore I can go to even his courts and get him back. So but Sraisa Amri, it says Let me get rid of him right now. I'm going to give him the land right now. But Lamachar Tavana Lebedina, I'm going to go to court and I'll get it back. And therefore, therefore that's where the law of Sukrikun applied that the din of the recourse of getting a property back only after Churum Baishani, not during while the Churum was going on. Okay. These now are starting off now the next few blocks. These are the Agadatas that we learn on, uh, on, on Tisha B'Av concerning the destruction of the base of Migdash. Mirzashem, I'll give a sheer on Tisha B'Av going more in depth into these Sugyas. But right now, we're going to go uh, quickly through them. Hopefully, we'll catch up a little bit. I'm Rabbi Yochan and Maidach say what is meant in the Pasuk. It says, Ashrei Adam HaFachat Tavani Umaqshali Bayipol Bero. There's a Pasuk in, uh, in, in, where is it? In, in, in Mishlei. Shlomo Amel said, Fortunate is a person that is always fearful. Umaqshali, but someone who hardens his heart, Yipol Bero, will have negative things happen to him. Means that somehow the Pasuk is saying is that a person is fearful, meaning Rashi says that he's, Dolet Liros are no one. That he sees the future, he's nervous about, doesn't live in the, in the now. He doesn't live in, he's worried about what's gonna happen in the future. That person's fortunate because he takes into account what the impact of his effect, of his actions are going to be. But the person, as Makshalibot, only focuses on what's going on right now and does not think about what the impact is going to be, that person, negative things are gonna happen. Now we're gonna bring a series of stories involving the, the things that led to the Churban Beis Amigdash or the great destruction of cities. There was actually a city of Betar, which was even after the Churban Beis Amigdash, I think 53 euros or something. And the Raman brings down, there was even a greater, just almost equal to the destruction of the Beis Amigdash. There's more people living in Betar than there were even in Yerushalayim at the time. And all of these things happened because people did not, were not Roas and Nolad. They lived in the now and they did not think about what's going to be in the future. So let's go through them as well. So, ah, I mean that on. Akamta ubarkamta harb Yerushalayim. Because of Kamta and Barakamta, Yerushalayim was destroyed. Rashi brings down over here, Kach Shem Shnei Yehudim. I think what he's trying to be born, I think the actually the Mashal might learn this, that then it's not a father and son. You could think that it's Kamta and Barakamta. Right? No, they're just two individuals. It wasn't a father and son. I think the Mashal might actually learn it's not a father and son. But anyway, the point is that because of Kamta, Kamta Yerushalayim was destroyed. Atanagolta, Atanagolta, Korob Turmalka, the great a uh, city of Turmalk was destroyed because of a rooster and a hen. Ashaka the Rizpak, the great uh, city of Besar was destroyed because of the side of a carriage. Now, these are the three events. We're going to go through each event uh, individually. I count about Kamta Karbishalam because of Kamta Karbishalam. Yerushalam was destroyed. The whole God was a certain person. The Rachman the Kamta of the Babay the Bar Kamta. We're going to call him the host, Mr. X. The host was a friend of somebody by the name of Kamsa, but he was an enemy of somebody of the name of Bar Kamsa. Avid Sa'udasa, he made a big banquet, he made a big uh, uh, a party, and Amalei Lashamai, he told his shamas, he told his attendant, Zil Aizili Kamsa, go and invite Kamsa. We're going to see that that help was hard, good help was hard to find even back then, and what happened was, this guy, instead of putting it in the mailbox of Kamsa, went and put it in the mailbox of... 
Barakamta. So also I say lay Barakamta when you invite Barakamta. So also ask the Chayyim how the So when the host comes down and he sees sitting at the table at the table, he sees that Barakamta is sitting there and is pressing. So He said, one second, that person, you, you're an enemy of me. What are you doing? In my, in my boy's house, what are you doing over here? So Kumpuk, he said, get up and get out. I'm a lace. The bar comes didn't want to be embarrassed publicly in front of everybody. He says, since I'm already here, Shabbat, let me stay. And you know what? You're, you're, you're concerned I'm eating from your food and drink of the party. What are you paying a head? What is it today? Uh, $100 a head, $120 a head. For what I'm eating and drinking, I'll pay so you don't feel bad that I ate from your party. I'll pay for exactly what I ate and I drank. So Moses says, I'm a lay. So Barakam says, light, I don't want you to be here. So I'm a lay. I'll pay half of the meal. I'm not my meal. I'll pay half of the banquet. Amalei Loit, he said, no. So Amalei Yahivna Loch, make Kulub Sudasa. I'll pay for the entire, I don't want to be embarrassed publicly. I'll pay for the entire banquet. Amalei Loit, not the Biyad, but Mibabke, grabbed him by the hand, and he threw him out. So this Barkhansa now, who has been uh, humiliated publicly in front of everyone, he said, Always blame the rabbis. Rabbis were sitting at this event. And, uh, and what? And they did not stand up for me. So therefore, so, Shmami no kanichalitz. And you see, this is acceptable behavior. So therefore, Ezel the Echel be Malka. I am going to slander by the Caesar, by the king. I'm going to slander against him. And what is the one thing that is their sore point that you attack this? You're really causing a lot of harm. I'm I'm going to attack the Beis Amikdash. That's, that's Yerushalayim, the Beis Amikdash. That is what is dear to the rabbis. So Azamal al-Kaiser went and told the case of Mardabak Yudoy. He said, Jews are rebelling against you. So I'm Alei. Me, Amos, the case is saying, what are you talking about? Who says they're rebelling against me? So I'm Alei. He said, I'll tell you. Want to bring a proof? So back in the day, we had it. I, when I was growing up in South Africa, they used to make a special Mishabeira on behalf of the queen. Right? Actually, in the old Sidurim was in fact in, 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 in the king. Right? Nowadays, they just call the tefillah for the shlomo, uh, malchus, right? The president, uh, they, they do it in the old time shuls, they used to do it for the president and the vice president. They, they used to do that. Now, the way they did it back then is you could bring a korban, they would, the king would send their korban, and they would bring a korban, even if it's from the and they would bring it on behalf of, she says, bring a korban, let's see if they agree to bring the, the, the carpet. Let's see if they agree. So therefore, so I'm a lay, shadalu korbana, go and send a korban, uh, and chaziz, imak ribana lay, let's go see if they bring the korban on your behalf. So also shadalu yodah, eglatil, so the kaiser went and he sent a calf with eglatil. So Rachel's ration tells is what eglatil is. Either it was a third of its development, or it's a third from its mother of birth. But either way, this is the choicest type of calf you're going to find. There should be no reason why they don't want to bring this wonderful calf. So Bahad the Asi, however, while he was going to Yerushalayim, right, there was a, he went, I guess, to the, the king's tent and entourage with him and with this, this Bar Kamsa. Shada be Mumma Benifsusayim. Kamsa took a razor and he put a blemish on the upper lip of the calf. 
Some say oh, he put it on the uh, the lid. He created a cataract on the lid, the eyelid. He slit the eyelid of the uh, of the calf. Now, why did he do those to people? It was very calculated because the Goyim also served of a but these by them would not be considered to be a mum. It's only a mum ah, by yeah. the Yidden. So therefore, yeah. the Jews don't want to accept it. They're going to say, oh, no, we can't accept it. That by the Goyim, that why you aren't accepting it? That's okay. That's that's why he specifically comes that by them it's considered to be a mum, but they do. But uh, for the Ayyadikhabim, so for us it's a mum, but for them love mum it's not considered a mum. Savrabanan Lakrube. The Khachamim picked up on what's going on, and they say if we say no, he's gonna take that an act of defiance. So therefore, you know what? Maybe we should bring it anyway. Yeah, Enachanami, you're not supposed to, but you know what? Under certain circumstances, this would be the right course of action. So Mishun Shalomalchus, that's just a good keep peace with the government. So Amar Lohur of Zechariah ben Akulis, of Zechariah ben Akulis, who was the uh, Paisik at the time, said, He says, but you know, people are going to see this, and they're going to think it's okay to bring a Baal Mum on his Be'er. So the Chachamim said, you know what? This guy is a Moisir. This bar, bar, uh, one of the worst things a Jew can do is be a Moisir, go ahead, and endanger Jews by going and slandering them by the authorities. So you know what? It's Chayv Misa. Let's take him out back. Let's wipe him out. And then, then no information will go back. No negative information will go back to to the case. So exactly how it gets to avoid the entourage, not sure. So let the they shouldn't go back and say that we refuse to bring him. Some of the Charya, so the Chaz said, no, but you can't do that either. Because Yom Ramatul Mum L'Bkotshim Yaharek. People are going to think that the Chayv Misa to bring an animal that is a Baal-Mum. They're executing and people are going to find out and therefore they're going to think that's the punishment, that's wrong too. So therefore, what Zechariah ben Avkulis was, it remained immobile. He didn't do Nishtahin, Nishtahera. At the end of the day, the animal did not get brought. Since the animal did not get brought and they went back and reported this incident to the case. So, so what ended up happening, he saw that ben, that, uh, uh, that Bar Kamsa was correct. So therefore, and, 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 uh, so, and, and they marched on Yerushalayim. So I'm not Yerushalayim, and the Sinusa shell of Zechariah ben Avkulis. It says like the, the, the humility, but the talk means his, his inability to act, not be decisive. It's considered like humility, meaning his, uh, he, uh, I saw Archibald Train say his tolerance, but I don't know, I mean, the point is not willing to act. Hechribas beisenu that caused the temple to be destroyed. Sarvas echelenu that burned down the sanctuary. The Gisarna and caused us to go into Golus uh, of our land. Obviously, this needs explanation. First, it says the problem was because of Barakamta, Kamsa, and Barakamta. Now it says because of uh, 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 of of of, of uh, Zechariah ben Avkulis. But anyway, the point though is it is bringing an example of that you see that there was a lack of foresight. Maybe that's where Rabbi Yochanan started, is that a person that understands the effect of what's going to happen in the future, so he's ushered. Here they, they were hardened to what's going to happen in the future, because they knew what's going to happen in the future, they should be decisive and acted on something, but they did not, and that ended up having the Churban Abbas. Okay, now what happens is, so Shadu Alayim, the Neiron Kesar. So they sent against Yerushalayim, Neiron Kesar. And this is Shala Obiyah, historically, there's Nero, is not Nero, who this is exactly. Some say that, that Neiron Kesar sent uh, a general, or some say that no, the Kesar sent Nero as the general. Nero wasn't yet the... 
case. Huh? So exactly how the reading is and how it fits historically was Nero the case has sent somebody or the case has sent Nero to go and attack Yerushalayim. Kika Asi, when he came towards Yerushalayim, so he tried against them some type of, uh, of, 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 uh, uh, simon, alright, to see whether he's gonna be successful or not. So Shada Giro the Mizrach, he shot an arrow to the east. Asa of Yerushalayim, it, uh, it, it, uh, it caused, the trajectory caused it to fall in Yerushalayim. Lemaira, he sent it to the west. In all directions, no matter which direction he shot arrows, they all turned towards and fell in the direction of Yerushalayim. So he says, the Chayra, that's, that's very strange. That obviously, there's a force here that really wants me to march on Yerushalayim. So Amalei Yunuka. so he told a young boy, in those days, the, the Jewish children would each learn a day, a Pasuk a day, right? He's doing a Pasuk a day, that's how they learned. They learned to memorize the Pasuk a day. So in everybody, what's considered to be a stickle nevuah, your dog, the child, what Pasuk you learned today, and that would be an insight, how Nero, Nero knew about this event, I'm not sure. But Amalei Leonuka, he told the child, so the guy tell me Edom. The Pasuk says, I'm going to take my revenge against Edom, beyond Am Yisrael, through uh, through the through the vehicle of the Jewish people, meaning that uh, the pasuk is saying over the Navi saying is that ultimately Edom will be punished. The way I'm going to punish them is by what they end up doing to uh, to the Jewish people. Now Edom, by the way, are the progenitors of what nation? Of the Romans. So he saw that you know, God wants to punish me, and the way the vehicle is going to punish me is by getting me to do something bad against. The Jews, and then he's going to come back and punish me. I don't want anything to do with that. Then Nero said. So therefore, Kuchi said like this. Amai said, "Kuchi bricha boilach kruve base." Hashem wants to destroy his base of Mikdash. And he wants to wipe his hands on on that person, on me. Means he wants to use me as the way to wipe his hands from what he wants. So he keeps his hands clean by getting me to go ahead and do the dirty work, and he's going to punish me for going ahead and doing that. So therefore, Arab Azil he went and ran away, and he converted. Right? Actually, in the, in the, in the, it's brought down that Nero became deranged. He's what it fiddled when Rome burned, but you can understand why he said he became deranged. He actually went and became a Yid, and from him, it was the sin, unbelievable, he kind of becomes the great of Mayor. I, I always understood this in contrast. The Jews aren't seeing the future, it results in the Churban bias. Yeah, oh, yeah, this guy. Who sees the future, and from him comes Rav Meir. That's uh, the contrast of the two stories. Anyway, so therefore, okay, so the Kesar now had lost Nero. Uh, uh, either they appointed a new Kesar, or a Kesar needed a new general. So Shadalai last Pasianus Kesar, Vespasian. Vespasian is also a Kesar. We're going to see it becomes a Kesar, but at this point it wasn't yet a Kesar. He was the general of the Roman army. So Shani. He came and he besieged Yerushalayim for three years. They could not break in to Yerushalayim. Three years they were trying to besiege, could not get in. The Mordecai says like this: What? How did the Jerusalem uh, able to maintain for these three years? There were three very wealthy people living in Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Ben Gurion, Ben Kalda Savu. We know Ben Kalda Savu was who. 
father-in-law of Rabbi Akiva, and Benzitza Kesses, and Benzitza Kesses. These three great people. Now, each one was wealthy in a certain area. Now, Dimon Ben Gurion Shenigda Loi Chama Bavura. The reason why it's called Nagdimon is in one time it says because the sun pierced miraculously through the clouds. To the piercing is Shenigda. Nigda is piercing the Chama Barvuro. So that anyway, that was he, that was who this fellow was. Then Kavos Avua. Why was he called Kavos Avua? Shekola Nikmas Lebeisha. Anyone who went into Askusu Rav Kekelev hungry as a dog, Yaotzegusavei would come out Sabu would come out. Completely satisfied, having eaten his fill. And the last one is Ben Tzitzakezet Shahoyzet Tzitzusa Negreres Al Gabetistos. He was considered so choshev that uh, that he, he uh, like royalty. That his tzitzes were not behind. They didn't touch the ground. They weren't cushions. People walking behind him so that his tzitzes would not touch the ground. He was on guard. But anyway, they're very very wealthy people. So Igdami Sam says Shakistam would tell us of the Remi that why his that why he's called Tzitzakezet is because his seat cushion his kesses was amongst the Romans. He had a place, he had a seat at the council by the, by the Romans. That's why he was called Tzitzakez. But either way, these were very, very uh, of people. Now, each one is going to contribute a certain amount to keep Yerushalayim safe and going, thriving, so they, they want to keep away. Hopefully the Romans will go away because they're not able to uh, enter into Yerushalayim. Sachad ama anazayin aluhu bechid b'si'asari. I am going to be the one to give all the wheat and barley, basic staples, they will have from me. i got enough to give everybody. I'm able to give wine, salt, and oil. I'm able to give fuel, all the wood. And the Rachamim said the greatest gift of all these three was the wood because it's, it, it, in, the, the, uh, the amount of wood that's needed in terms of actual sheer volume and space is much greater than what was needed for the, the other ones that they, they had. Rav Chista, we're going to see, uh, gives a, brings a story from, that happened many years later, but Rav Chista was a very wealthy guy. Kolak Lide, all of the keys that he had, he gave to his attendant, but the storehouses of wood, fuel, he, uh, he kept the key himself. That a storehouse of wheat requires to just make enough bread from one store of wheat, you need 60 storehouses of wood. So whatever it shows, it shows that that's considered to be a more crush of the fuel. If you want to think about it on your own, try to figure out based on what each one was famous for, what is the don- which one made which donation, something to think about. But anyway, let's go on. These people had enough resources to sustain Yerushalayim for another 21 years. Chances are, if they would have just held out for another 21 years, Romans would have, have gone away. However, that's not the way it worked out. Abu Bauna Baryoni, there were these Baryoni. Baryoni means they were like ruffians. Some say it's Russian of, of bar, empty people, violent people. So there were these Baryoni, they were Jewish. But these guys were itching for a fight. And they were zealots. They wanted to make sure Romans were going to teach the Romans a lesson. Now, if everyone just stays back, complicit, uh, 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 what's his name, uh, uh, in, 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 without fighting, how are we going to take it to the Romans? So therefore, they realized, why is nobody willing to fight? Because they, we have enough sustenance for another 21 years. No, I don't, so therefore, they said, let's, let's make things, let's rush things up a little bit over here. So Amalei the Rabbonin, if they first went to the Rabbonin and said, listen, you guys have the ear of the people, so therefore, Nebuchadnezzar, Shlomo, Ba'adayu. 
So, uh, so, the, so I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm a luhu rabbonim. The chachamim told the rabbonim, we don't want to fight with them. Let's go out and send a delegation. We'll tell them we can stay here forever. So therefore, you guys, you want to make peace? We'll accept on ourselves some penalties or whatever it is. But let's let's let's, let's try and, uh, and and have a peace accord. So Lord Shabbat, the Brioni would not let them go out and make peace. They said, no, we're not going to allow you guys to go out and make make peace. Right, so I'm really neighbor The Beryonim said we want that we should go out and make war. So I'm really Rabban. I'm the Rabban. Rabban said, No, we're not going to push a war effort because we don't think we'll be going to be successful with a war against the uh, the, the Romans. So what did the Beryonim do? Is unbelievable Gemara. That's why we do this on Tishabo. They burnt down all the storehouses of wheat and barley and all the wood and avakatna and there was a major famine. They thought that by creating the situation that's going to create an urgency and what will happen? People will roll up their sleeves and come and join us in the war effort. But that's not what happened. And the one says there was such a terrible uh, famine that uh, in fact according to the Ramban the, all of the curses that are mentioned I believe it's in, 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 in Vayikra but in one of the senses are from the Churban by Shemi the terrible things that happened that they ate their children all the things that are reflected by in, during the, the, the uh, in the Psukim or what happened in by Shemi so Martha Bas Baisus there was Martha Bas Baisus she was a very wealthy woman we learned in Suva some tremendous Suva that she had it was like she was a very wealthy woman Atir to the Yerushalayim Havit she was one of the I think she also bought the Kohen Gadol for her, uh, her, 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 her husband, Yochan and Gamla. But anyway, so Shadar Te so therefore there was no food in the house, so she sent her agent, she said, she said, go find some fine flour that we have what to eat. So Ada Azza, by the time they got to the marketplace, he says, no fine flour is left. Also, Amalek came and told her, there's no fine flour, but there's still some white, white flour, white flour bread. So Amalek, so she said, fine. I said, go bring back some of the white bread. So Ada Azza, in the meantime, is by the time he got there, no more white flour bread. Also, the Amalek, she came back and told her, there is no fine flour, white bread, but there, uh, there, there's no white bread, but there's coarse bread. So Amalek, okay, so I said, let's go ahead and get the gushkara. Ad the azil azdav. My time went back for the gushkara. Leikha, there was no more uh, coarse bread. So azil amalai said, gushkara leikha, but kimcha the sorry ikha. But there is barley flour. Barley flour is usually eaten by the animals. It's animal food. But there is barley flour. So uh, amalai, fine. Like, that's all there is. Eliza, go bring the barley flour. So what happened was, Ad the azil, by the time he got there, his daven had been sold away. Sold as well. So she said, listen, I can't rely on this guy. This guy's from Muslim. So I'm going to have to go myself, right? You want to get something done, do it yourself. So I have a Shalifa Miss Anna. She was not, she had taken off her shoes. And Amra, she said, I'm going to see if I can go and find something to eat. It's interesting, she took off her shoes. The shot of the year is like, she had to like, leave her position of status to be able to go ahead and, and, and rummage and, 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 and scrounge around. So then she took off her shoes and she went out. But the problem was, Ace of Laputa, the Kara, she stood on a piece of dung, the Mesa, and the, the, from reviled, the shock to her system, such a delicate and pampered woman, she ended up, uh, uh, getting disgusted and dying. 
Karele Rav Yochum Anuri, he applied the Pasuk, Harakabach Anuga Asher, Lonesa Kaf Raglo. The Pasuk says, in Dvarim, actually from the, from the Teichra in Dvarim, it says, the Pasuk says that the most delicate and pampered of you, among, of women among you, who had never gone out before, put down with the sole of her foot, and, uh, never had stepped the sole of her foot, never touched the ground. And, 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 and he said, that's referring to the rest of the rest of the puzzle over there says, we'll end up eating her children. But he says, that first part of the puzzle is referring to this Martabas Baisus, who her foot had never touched the ground outside, and when it finally did, she ended up dying. Ignam, some say what caused her death is Gregoris the Rabtsadik Achla. She ate the dried fig of Rabtsadik. The Ignasan, it caused her disgust, Vemesa, and she died. What had happened? What was the fig of Rabtsadik? Rabtsadik Yosef Arboyd Shnim Betanis. Rabtsadik foresaw the destruction of the Besa Migdash, and he fasted for 40 years that the Besa Migdash should not be destroyed. The Lolith Harbir Shalom, the Shalom should not be destroyed. But he became so uh, malnutrition that when he would eat anything, from the outside, you could see the food going down his throat into his into his stomach. All right. Now have a Now when he was. Uh, 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 when he would uh, make himself a little healthy means I guess it was morning to evening fast so in the evening when he would want to make himself uh, give himself a little more strength to be able to continue fasting so that at that point he couldn't eat really solids or foods because he had become his, his, his so wasted his, his intestines had shrunk so he was not able to uh, to eat so what he would be able to do is they brought him uh, uh, pressed figs Mayus Mayu, he would suck out the juice from these figs, and discard it, and throw it away. Now, she had found one of the discarded, and somehow the, his, his sickness, or whatever it is, had gone into the fig from after he had sucked it, and that disgusted her so much that it caused her to die according to Ikadami. Or just someone else's chew food. I, I hear you, I hear you, I hear you. So, while she was dying, she didn't die like instantaneously, it caused her demise, and she said, a big day So she took it out. And she instructed that all of the gold and silver that were in her, uh, in her house, she threw it into the marketplace. Amra, she said, What do I need this for? What do I need all these worldly things, the gold and silver that I've accumulated in my life? What is it all worth? And that's what it says. It says in, uh, in, 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 uh, in uh, that during the Kurban Abayis, they will throw their gold and silver into the streets, it's going to be worthless. It's like, you know, when money becomes worthless, it's not going to get you a piece of bread. You know, that's a, that, that, at that point they realize it's worthless. Anyway, now, the Mora goes back to the main story. The head of the Beryonim with this group that weren't allowing them to go out and make peace with the Romans, his name was Abbasikra. And fascinating, he was the, the nephew, Rabbi Yochanan's sister's son, of, uh, and Rabbi Yochanan Zakkai was the head of the Prussian. So you have two of these great, uh, uh, these warring parties. You got the Prussian who want to make peace. You got the Bryonim, the, the, the uh, who want to, um, want to fight the Romans. And they actually have they're an uncle and, and, and a nephew. So Sholach Lezov, Yochanan Zakkai sent in private 
to, uh, to, to his nephew, Tobit Sino, obviously you can't meet me publicly, that would not be good for your image. So therefore, so but Tobit Sino, the boy, come meet me privately. So also, Abbasikra came, so I'm a lay, so Yechonah, how long are you going to keep acting this way? Because of your guys' action, not allowing us to reach out and make peace, you were all going to end up dying from starvation. So I'm a my it's very interesting, you see this happening in, in these, like, you know, by the PLO, or, or these factions, Sometimes they become so so uh, uh, these fundamental they some become so forbidden so that that even the leaders no longer have control over them. So therefore, bottom line is, so maybe if I say anything like this to them, that we should go ahead and let you meet with the Romans. So then we got cut. At that point, God will leave. They're going to execute me. It becomes the 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 the, the, uh, the 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 group becomes more extreme than even the leadership. Of the group, like they, they drink the Kool Aid. So I'm the laser. The other one said, "So I'll tell you what. Chazli takantali did the epuk. Figure out a way that I can get out of a city. After I teleport, maybe I can create some level of salvation, a small level of salvation. So I'm a lay. So obviously, I said, I'll tell you what. Not good. Not your Feign as if you're sick. Make as if you're sick. Right? Have everyone come and visit you. Bikrucholim. So the word goes out that you are deathly ill. You're sick. Then, I see me of and then bring a carcass, bring something that smells very bad, and put it next to you, so then, and, and, and then people will say, you know what? You have died. The lame of the Nachnavsh, we're gonna say you died. And then let your students come, the, uh, in order to carry your beard, to carry the coffin. Don't let anybody else carry it. They shouldn't figure out that you're actually light. Now again, there's something called dead weight. A body, when it's dead, weighs more. For some reason, it's harder to pick up a dead body than it is to pick up a living one. So therefore, your Talmudim should be the only ones who pick you up. Don't let anyone else, because they might figure out that what? That you really are. Not exactly how this works, but anyway. So therefore, they shouldn't figure out your life. They knew you died, because they knew, people knew at that time, the Brioni knew, that a live person feels lighter than a dead person. So we did it. On one side carried, and on the other side, and they allowed them, for some reason, I guess, the, they were able, the Romans had worked out a deal that if somebody dies, they could take it out and bury them outside of the city. So therefore, uh, when they got to the gate, which was being manned by the Baryoni, because they didn't let anybody out, so therefore, the Baryoni said, let's put a sword through the coffin to make sure that what? That is that. So uh, so Abbasikra said once and we shouldn't do that. The Romans are on the other side of this gate and they're going to see you do it and they're going to say Yomra Rabban Dakru look how depraved the Jews are. They're even stabbing the body of their their great rabbi. So fine. So let's just throw it down on the ground. Let's see if we hear any grunts or, or let's throw it down on the ground. So I'm gonna lose again Abbasikra said Yomra Rabban Dakru Still, that, that's the way to show uh, respect to their your, your rabbi. They're going to see this. They're going to think you guys have become depraved. You don't want to do this. So therefore, uh, uh, so they opened the gate to the city and they let the body go out. So obviously, Rabbi Yochanan climbs out of the coffin and heads towards the Roman camp. Now, 
Amar, and, he, and they bring him before, they announce this is Rabbi Yochum Zakkai, leader of the Jews, and he gets to Vespasian, who is the general of the Roman army. So Amar, Shalma Lecha Malka, Shalma Lecha Malka. So he said, peace be with your king, peace be with your king. So the uh, Amar Lecha, Vespasian said to him, you deserve to be executed for two reasons. Malka Ano. Number one, I'm not the king, I'm only the general. So therefore, you're calling me king, so that, I guess, you're, you're either making fun of me, or that undermining the true king of the Romans. So therefore, that is one reason you should be executed. And furthermore, if you actually thought I'm the king, why did you wait till now to come and show your respect? So Amalei, so Yechmanzaka answered him. To Gamad Lab Malkana, that which you said that you are not the king, Ivroy Malkaat, you have to be the king. Why? Do you love Malkaat? Because you're not going to be the king. There's no way your shalom can fall in your hands unless you've reached the level of being king. Levanon refers to Yerushalayim, will fall in the hands of the mightiest. Means only the mightiest can destroy Yerushalayim, and therefore, if you're not a king, then you. So I'm calling it. You're going to destroy Yerushalayim. Obviously, if you're not yet, you're going to become the king. For Ain Adir and the Adir one is a power, powerful, powerful one. That means the Melah. The Chsev Adiru Mimeno. That it says that the ruler, the mightiest one among them, will be the ruler. So we see the first to king. For Ain Levanon, Levanon refers to El Beis Amigdash. Beis Amigdash Shenemar Haharatayv Azeva Levanon, the great mountain on which the Beis Amigdash rested, and Levanon, which is the temple itself. Fine. And your second taina was that that if in fact you thought I am the king or destined to be the king, so why did you why did you wait till today to come and see me? So he said, I'll tell you what, because we have these baryoni that are not letting anybody leave the city. That's why I wasn't able to come. If there's a, a, a barrel of honey and there is a snake wrapped around it, wouldn't they break the barrel to get rid of the snake? So too, you should have burnt down from the inside, burned down the walls of Yerushalayim to be able to get rid of... What's that? He's trying to get into the Zoom. Who? Your, uh, someone sent a message now. No? I, I don't know. They're all back here. He's, all right, he's back. What's that? You're in? Alright, so therefore, Chavez Bishwil died. They wouldn't have broken the barrel for, to get rid of the snake. So Ishtar Yakumazakai did not answer him. He, like, he was stumped, you know. He was basically saying, you should have destroyed the wall of Yerushalayim, and then they could have, they were let us in, but that would have got rid of the snake, which is the Chor of the Biryonin, alright? So, Karele Rabbi Yosef, Item Rabbi Kiva, Rabbi Yosef, and some say Rabbi Kiva, generations after Yerucham and Zaka, when they heard the story, he said like this, they said, Meishiv Chachamim Achra Vedaitim Yisaka, because Borko sometimes turns wise men backwards and makes their thinking uh, become foolish. Meaning, what it was, he stumped. That's not a stump. You couldn't, that's not stumping him. What Rabbi Yochum Zagar should have answered, he should have said to him, He says, the better thing to do is to get a tongues to remove the snake and leave the barrel intact. Because basically what you're telling us, we would have been burning down and destroying our own city. That's not a chachma. That what, we, what we were trying to figure out is how to get rid of the snake and keep the city, keep the barrel intact, keep Jerusalem intact. Okay, fine. Let's go back to it. 
in the meantime, a messenger arrived from Rome. And Amalekum, he told this nation, get up, the mist, Kesar, the Kesar has died, and the, the uh, dignitaries, what do they call them, the, uh, the one, the senators, or they, they, they get together in, uh, they, they voted that you're going to be the next Kesar. So uh, the the king the, the Caesar is dead. Long live Caesar. So I have a sign of At that point, Caesar was only wearing one shoe. Not sure why he he, he, he was visiting Rabbi Yochum and Zake, who came to him with his own one. But he only had one shoe on. He tried to put on the second shoe. It wouldn't go on. Boil the He didn't want to take off the second shoe. Learn up. It wouldn't come off. So Amar. So Yochum So he asked Yochum and Maya, what's going on? Why all of a sudden I get this news? And I cannot either take off the one shoe that I have or put on the other one. So I'm a lazy. Yechem Zaka said, Don't be concerned. It's not a problem. Means you got good news. I'm not sure that Rabbi Yechem Zaka was aware at the time that he had just been notified that he's going to become the Caesar. But he said, you must have got some good news. And that's why you're not able to put on your shoe or take of the other one. Because the Pasuk says, it says in Mishlei, is Shemua Toiba to Dashen Etzem, that good news fattens the bones, and therefore your, your, your bones, have, 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 your, your feet have got bigger, you're not able to get the shoe off or on. So Elamaita Kante, so he said, okay, but I can't walk around with one shoe. So what should I do to remedy the situation? So he said, find somebody that you don't like. Somebody that really, every time you see him, like makes you feel bad. So they will like, come and let him walk by you, because the Pazik says, that a depressed spirit, a broken spirit, causes the bones to dry out, to shrink. So you get yourself upset about somebody, then your bones, you'll be able to get it up. So Abed Ahi and, and his patient did it, he brought that person in front of him, and Ayol, and the, he was able to get his second shoe on. So Amalek, he said, he says, you're a brilliant guy. Ashman, you, for, uh, you saw that I'm going to uh, become the next Caesar. And second of all, you figured out how to get me to get my shoe on and take my shoe off. So therefore, I'm He says, Since you are so brilliant, why have you only come to me now? You should have been here much earlier. So I'm Did I not tell you why? Right? We, we couldn't get out to the beginning. So his patient said, but I also told you, is I told you what to do with it. You should have burnt down the walls of Yerushalayim and you would have been able to get out. So I'm and said, I have to go back to Rome and I will send someone in my place. So, but I do feel, I'm giving you a wish, I'm granting you a wish. Ask because I feel good about what you've done for me. You can ask something from me right now and I'll give it to you. So, first of all, leave alone the city of Yavne where the Sanhedrin had moved to with its Chachamim. Leave Yavne intact. Do not describe Yavne and the Chachamim. Number two, to shield with Rabban Gamliel, leave the family of Rabban Gamliel intact. Do not wipe out the genealogy of Rabban Gamliel. And the last one, and send me doctors to Messiah and Lay the Rabbi Tzadok that can help cure Rabbi Tzadok. You have to go through why each one of these were integral into what he was asking for. So, Karlai Rabbi Yosef became Rabbi Akiva. So, Rabbi Yosef, when sometimes Rabbi Akiva again said the same thing. He said, turns the wise men backwards and makes their thinking foolish. He said, that's not what he should have asked for. What should he be asked for? 
Don't destroy Yerushalayim. So how he boiled the man with a ship to Hadam is Dimna. Leave us one more time and don't destroy Yerushalayim. So why did Rabbi Yochanan Zakeh not ask for that's in Pajan? Who's Sabar? Dil Makula Hailo Avid. He said that something that a big of a request, he wouldn't have agreed, and then I would have got nothing out of it. So therefore, let me at least get bite sized pieces, some, some, a little bit of a salvation. Right? So therefore, and then I would not have been able to get any kind of salvation. Anyway, I suppose that the Messiah later, Rabbi Mahi, what were the doctors? What was this cure that they used for Rabbi Tzadok uh, himself? Someone says, Yana Kama Ashkaya Maida Pari. They had to open up his intestines. His intestines that collapsed, they shrunk. So the first day they gave him bran water. They had the bran that they, they soaked and removed. It's only, it's only liquid. The next day they were able to give him a mixture with the bran and flour into it. The third day, they were able to give him flour had been put. It's a thicker substance to widen his intestines. Slowly, slowly they widened his intestines and they cured him. He went back to Rome and who did he send? He sent, his patient sent Titus. Famila, uh, uh, and, and, and the, we stop over here, gentlemen, we'll, we'll continue this tomorrow. Well, yeah. Right. But it's interesting, this is, uh, I'm going to keep on the line that he 